Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, right across Australia on the Faith FM network. Faith FM, this is Faith FM live. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. And my co-hosts have completely <laughs> lost their minds. I feel what like we're two naughty kids with a parent. This is, this is what happens with severe jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> so so Lawson, and I, Lawson and I have averaged three hours sleep for the last three days. Uh-huh. Um, Mon, I don't know how much sleep she's got, but she just literally got off the plane Legit. to record this piece because this, of course, is the pre-recorded show, the delayed broadcast. broadcast. Is pre-recorded, mm. so um, she just literally uh, got off the plane, got in the car, driven to the studio, walked in, and is here speaking Boom, to you right now. Thirty-two and hour journey, as you can to the tell, <laughs> as you can tell, jet lag. <laughs> He's doing I like how things. we don't even have to say anything. I just nudge Lawson and we know exactly what's about to happen. <laughs> 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 uh, but yes, welcome to the latest show. If you want to oh jump across the live show, you Why know am I the only sensible show. one here this morning? I think, <laughs> oh, I think maybe when we get tired, you sort of get more like stoic and the two of us get crazy. I just, what are you, I my just mom? Get, I just get dead. Yeah. I'm just dead. <laughs> just like, welcome why am to I the here? dead radio show. Fresh from <laughs> Africa. Well, a little bit stale. No, I was, hanging, I was hanging out. I, the stale whole time I was in Africa, I was hanging out for wheat bix and cornflakes. I just had wheat bix and cornflakes, and they're sitting like a stone in my stomach right now, which is just oh weird. yeah, because they don't have wheat bix and cornflakes. No, that's so. right. I mean, my stomach is calling for beans. And do you know what? I decided on the plane on the way here, I'm going to go on a one week raw diet. I'm just going to have fruit salad for breakfast and salad salad for dinner. Yummy, yummy. And that's it. Because cool. I am just. I am dying. I've been I've been in Africa for two months. Two well, you months. You can't eat fruit salad, and, and you can't fresh eat fresh stuff is danger. Salad. So yeah, I'm keen baked bean for some fresh stuff. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so coming up in today's show, we're going to tell uh, I guess the remainder of our Africa mm. adventure stories. Uh, finish off the uh, the journey. Mm. We've got some uh, some news about fossil finds and climate change Ooh, and, and scary an interview science. that I recorded with Gary Blanchard. We have all kinds of technical problems, so our sound quality is a bit all over the place. Man. We have encounter with God in Revelation chapter sixteen. Things. Oh, you've been missing out on all of the fun. Yeah, and then right at the end, yeah, right at the end, Mon walks in. Mon, Mon walks in. So yeah, I walk in. And so you I got destroy the show. You were on the delayed broadcast. It's gonna be weird because you got Mon at the beginning and the, the end. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're listening it's to the live show, it's a sandwich. <laughs> Full of vitamin M <laughs> and sauerkraut. <laughs> but you do know that the best part of the sandwich is always what's in the middle. The L stuff. <laughs> so you guys are basically lettuce. Yes, yeah. the double L team. The double L team and the M factor are right here in Faith FM. Anyway, um, so that's our program coming up. So that and so much more. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Thy kingdom 
Okay, everybody, you're listening to Faith FM 87.6, or 88, and it is time for the quiz. Okay, you ready? So we kind of missed the quiz a little bit. Yeah, we never did one when we were over yeah, in Yeah, we did the quiz with it. That's all right. But the quiz back. is back because right. we are back. Okay, are you ready? I am ready. Wow. Okay, what book am I? So that's already, you know, narrowing a doubt, one in, one in 66. Quote, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Ooh, do you know where that's quoted from? No, because that's not KJV. No, don't know. Okay, well, if you're out there and you know what it is, if you know which book of the Bible that is quoting from, of course, we're going to bring you more and more clues and it will become more and more easy to tell which book of the Bible that that is from. But if you know what it is, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and we will give you a prize completely for Free. Sounds exciting. It does sound exciting. So what have we got for positively different news this morning, Lawson? Positively different news. Well, I thought, you know, we just do like a bit of a bit of a recap of, you know, a bit of a bit of a finish off of, yeah, why not? of, of what, what we what happened in Ethiopia and you know, because the last time we were on air was was, was last Friday, uh, which was recorded a little bit before, so we didn't really get to talk about our, our weekend or anything. No, we didn't get to finish off the uh, the whole program. No, we, we 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 did radio before it finished, and then of course we had uh, who was here? Darren and Boris. Darren and Boris were in yesterday, so did a, did a fantastic job. Uh, listened to the show a little bit on our way from the airport. Mm. We even had 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 a bit of a chat. Okay, so how did your program finish up there, Lawson? Okay, so my program finished up. I think the last time I talked about my program was from the, uh, I believe the. Uh, we were talking before the Thursday night. I, I, I'm not quite sure, but. Anyways, yeah, it was it was just an amazing close off. The second last night that I that I preached, I preached on baptism. Made another of my in total, I made seven appeals for baptism over thirteen nights, um, and and another ten people came forward to be baptized. So in total, um, at my site there were sixty five people um, who wanted to be baptized, who made decisions to be baptized. Um, Fifty of those people were brand new Adventists from you know the Pentecostal Orthodox, you know different church or just doing their own thing, whatever it may be. Um, and 15 of those were Adventists, you know, they, they describe it as coming to repentance. So people who were Adventists before but that had left and now had come back. And this was really significant because all of those people came from a church that was up the road from my church. That oh, that's we, right. There was a breakaway church. Yeah, so we had this gnarly church battles politics going on um, where this church broke away from the from the Adventist church there and started their own church. And they were like, no, oh, we don't want to be with you guys anymore. And, and of course, they sort of dropped the, the Adventist doctrines. And while I was there preaching, they were running counter programs to get people we had to quite come. a bit of that actually yeah, happening in fact it was happening all over the city but yeah. th- this place was literally like so we actually inspired i think a lot of um a lot of preaching happening in awasa yeah dude there was so much preaching happening in awasa but this church is literally a hundred meters away we could hear them preaching while i'm preaching um and 15 of the guys from those that church decided to to come over and, and listen to the preaching and then be be rebaptized back into the into the adventist faith so it was it it was just awesome. Um, and then, of course, I have to talk about my experience leaving. Um, okay. Leaving yes. Ethiopia. Yes. I, did, I did mention this on... Uh, I, I called in to tell a little bit of this story, but I want to hear I want to hear it through Lawson's eyes this morning. I've already shared my perspective. 
Um, well, well, look, check it out. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, the, 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 the journey home. But before I do, I'm going to talk about Le- when I, my, my last day oh, is last at day, the yeah, church. Um, so, so on, on the Friday hearts. night, on the Friday night, um, I, I get up and I'm preaching and everything. And, and, and when I, you know, I finished preaching and it was really powerful. The last night we talked about heaven. It was just an awesome time. Just everyone was happy. I was happy. Everyone's having a good time. Um, and then I, I get down from preaching and I'm, I'm sitting up, you know, the back of the stage and w- with my translator and my translator's telling me what the elders and everything are saying before we finish the program. And they're like, uh, they were saying, you know, oh, we're very sad to, to see Lawson leave and, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm thinking of Australian sad. You know how Australians don't really get sad? Like we kind, we're kind of sad, but we're just sort of like, oh yeah, you know, like if someone's leaving, it's like, oh, shame you're leaving, but you know, see you later. And you just sort of move on. But no, they were like proper sad. And how I know this is that I, uh, I come off the stage, you know, after everything's done, I packed up all my stuff, come off the stage. And, you know, I usually get like rushed by people who want to like shake my hand and hug me and stuff. And the first people who usually come like up first is there's like a group of like little children who like oh, yes. rush at me and just every like, it's like, ah, you know, shake my hand. And, and part of that group is this group of like young girls, like between, you know, four years old and eight years old. And they just like rush up and they're like ah goodbye and um one of these little girls was like super intense like every time i walked off the stage she would just like rush at me and um i come off the stage and this girl she's like shaking my hand and i'm you know going through shaking everyone's hand and then i'm like i walked a little bit to the side and the light changed a bit and i saw that she's got this big smile across her face but then like tears running down her face and i'm like wait what like She's crying, and then I look, I like sort of turn and look at everyone else, and everyone is just crying, and it's just this <laughs> massive group cry. of chicks, mostly, who are just bawling their eyes out because I'm leaving, and I'm going through shaking their hands, and I felt so bad. I was like, oh, man, I like, don't want to leave. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was and the, you know, it was, it was it was interesting. Um, and then we had, you know, similar thing the next day because I, I preached the next day and that was like my official leaving and shaking everyone's hand and taking photos with everyone and, you know, all these girls crying that I was leaving. And yeah, so felt like a bit of a, a bit of a superstar, but no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Your one and only opportunity loss didn't make yeah. the most of it. Never oh, gonna man, it was, it was, it was, uh, it, it was, it was crazy. But then anyway, so. We finally, um, we, we go, we eat lunch, and before, before, man, we were pushing so hard to leave. We oh, were just man, pushing these guys, because no we had a flight that night, you know, that it was- And they're all looking at us like, why are these, why is this bunch of Australians, there were what, six of us, yeah. pushing so hard? It's like, guys, calm down, calm down. It's like, you know what, guys? When are you flying out? We're leaving today. We're like, literally, <laughs> we're it's like a midnight. five and a half hour drive to, to the airport. And we've got, like, our flight leaves in eight hours. And so, we're, like, and we're in Hawassa. We're, like, five and a half hours away. And, and what could fl- possibly go wrong on a five and a half hour trip? You in know, a bus. Could there, could, there, <laughs> could there be traffic? You know, could there be a breakdown? Could there be cows? Could there be... You know? Yeah. And so, we're just, like, pushing, pushing, pushing. And then, finally, we leave. And then, we had to go to some hotels. And then, finally, we leave after that. And, yeah, it was, man, it was, it was wild. We had this wild <laughs> trip dodging cars and... 
cows for the most part. We actually we and hit goats and a cow. Only one. We only hit one cow. That was like yeah. In but five it was, and a half hours, we only hit one oh, cow. Man, it was gnarly. And then like you know, we got into the city, and this dude's driving like the twenty three seater bus, like on these tiny Ethiopian roads. And then and he's, he's pulling one hundred and thirty when he can. Yeah, it's oh man, it was amazing. And then we like get when we get into the city, there was like we got to this intersection on a hill, and he couldn't get up it, and so he just starts like riding the clutch like <laughs> oh, hardcore to go up this hill. And by the time we got to the airport, like all you could smell was just the clutch. Is like oh man, this just is burning clutch was just crazy. Fumes were just Filling the whole entire bus. But anyways, we finally, we get in. It was literally like we went through customs, you know, checked our stuff in, like walked into the gate and then got on the plane. Mm -hmm. Like it was just quick as, um, praise the Lord, we made our plane, got on the plane. Um, For us, Lyle, we, uh, we flew to Singapore and then we went to leave the city. I mean, lead the airport and go into the city. I mean, then I realized I was at a different flight to you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I was like, oh. We were like, yeah, we're going to go and hang around in Singapore for a few hours because, like, why would you just, just sit in the airport? It's like, yeah, let's go and... We had, like, six out. hours there. Yep. But then it took ages to get out of immigration. And then I'm like, oh, wait, my flight's earlier than your guys. And it turned out that if I had gone into the city, I would have been there for 15 minutes before having to, <laughs> to get the bus back. So, I hung out in the airport, ate some food, got on my plane, got home, got in the car, with dad and Lyle and another guy with us named Fraser, professional photographer dude, came with us, drove home, dropped Lyle off to Shell. Shell come and picked him up, walked into my house, took the gar- uh, took the laundry out of my bag, put it in the washing machine and got in bed and fell asleep. And I've pretty much <laughs> been sleeping since then and now I am just well and truly Jet lagged out of my brain, but I'm having an awesome time because I am on the radio. So. so glad you've had some sleep. I've had three hours sleep per night for you. the last three nights. But anyway, this is Anna Beaton. Yeah. 
Jesus gave us Coco, watermelon, mango. There is the ocean, and here is the land. These people have much less than what we could imagine. Endless joy surrounds this place, inspired from here. Let's sail away to a better day. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, and we have another clue for the quiz this morning. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843 is the number, or text us on 0491-064669 if you know the answer to this one. Lawson, what have you got for us there? Okay, so next clue is, what book am I? We know it's one of 66. All right. The word hell is found most often in this book of the Bible. Ooh. 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 He's having a, he's having a think. And, and, and the number is eight times. So it's found the most times in the Bible in this book. Oh, I, I got two, two, two books that are in mind now, but I don't have the answer. Oh, come on. Just, just take a guess. Just have, no, a, just have a stab. No, just have a stab. Just, no, just do it. Oh, come I'm on, not ready for it yet. Uh, all right. I'll have a stab. I'll have a stab. All right. Here we go. He's, he's going to write it down. He's going to see, see where it. Oh. Oh, look at. Dude, you're correct. There you go. You so he <laughs> had a stab, was one of two, and nailed it. Bam, there you go. <laughs> of course, we that means there are no double prizes up for grabs. But if you know who this is, I mean, if you know what book of the Bible this is, so you can give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you will get a prize completely for free. Okay, Lyle. Yeah, the, mor- the moral of the story is there, go with your gut. Okay, yep, yep. You know, I, I, I'm more of a power of prayer kind of man, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> Christian guilt trip. Oh. <laughs> right. So what's coming up in more serious news today? Well, okay, so there's this interesting story that is uh, has just broken overnight about a um, 66 million year old fish fossil. Uh-huh. And so basically what this is, yes, it's, it's supposedly 66 million years old, but um, they found this whole bunch of fish, mm-hmm. like a whole school of fish that all died instantaneously uh-huh. and were frozen in rock. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, they're, 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 they're pointing out that, you know, this is a snapshot of the day that the dinosaurs died because this is a snapshot of a tremendous catastrophe that hit our Earth. Um, when the greatest earthquake that our world has ever felt uh, hit our Earth and um, a catastrophe of an unimaginable scale. They, they're claiming that an earthquake of about a re- 11 on the Richter scale, which is just, you know, you can't even begin to imagine something like that. Mm. Um, and that the as a result of this, there was um, of, you know, tremendous volcanic activity and they're found, finding all this evidence of oh 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 oh, and of course the other thing one the other thing was a massive inland tsunami. Mm-hmm. So basically, what you've got is they have discovered the flood. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like oh no, we can't possibly admit the flood. So uh, we think it was when an asteroid hit the planet. Yeah, 
66 million years 66 ago. 66 million years ago. And, and, and of course, you know, you, you read through the, uh, you read through the whole, uh, and, and you find this every single time, you know, there's a, a new discovery of, of, um, in paleontology, you read through the evidence of what you've got there. And there is just some massive, uh, amount of evidence pointing towards exactly what the Bible describes. You know, mm-hmm. the, the fountains of the deep were broken up. That, of course, is going to cause, Incredible volcanic activity, mm-hmm. um, and the windows of heaven were open, so you've got water pouring out of the earth and out of the sky at the same time, along with volcanic activity on a scale that is absolutely unimaginable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know that's what the, that's what the Bible says happened on that particular day, and this is exactly what they found. They are saying that all of these fish, and it covers a huge area, died almost instantaneously. Mm-hmm. You know. Covered by mud, dead straight away. Yeah. Uh, but not just dead because they've got um, beads of hot glass embedded in their flesh and in their gills. Yes. So they've been um, died, covered by mud, fried by a volcano, um, massive catastrophe. It's an awesome way to go out. I'm like, you know, but yeah, it's also, um, I think the interesting thing about that is is that, that, that people are often trying to determine, oh, like, oh, th- this must be from this event. And, and, and because we're scientific, because we're scientists, we have determined that it was from this event. But it's like, who, who was there? Who was there to see that? How yeah, it's the great confidence when this always happens. Like, how, how could you possibly <laughs> determine that that is when that happened and that this is the timeline? And it's, it's, it's a bit crazy. It's a bit all over the place. Um, this, this comes on, on, on the back of some Barna research. Um, so the Barna group in the United States has um, put out research showing that 49% of teens um, agree that the church rejects much of what science teaches. Mm. Now... That's interesting because when it comes to empirical science, of course, the church doesn't reject anything of what science teaches. 100%. Yeah. Um, the church accepts 100% of empirical science and 100% of... In, uh, there has been nothing discovered in empirical science that has ever contradicted the Bible. No, there hasn't. Um, it's only historical science that is questioned. And, of course, there's good reason to question historical science because, as you say, this is not based on um, what is testable, repeatable, and mm-hmm. testable, repeatable... I uh, forget the scientific method right now. <laughs> Mate, struggle. For some reason, I always s- sticks in my head. Um, but, you know, it, historical science is looking at evidence and then creating an interpretation of that evidence. Mm-hmm. And so that's where science will often disagree with the church. But that's an area in which there is plenty of room for disagreement. Yeah. Because it purely comes down to interpretation of the evidence. Mm-hmm. The evidence doesn't change. Yeah, and this is this is one of the things that I think that is important for us to discuss because not only does the does, does Christianity never reject anything in empirical science, and neither does the Bible. The Bible, neither the Bible nor Christianity rejects any evidence that is discovered in the scientific world. Yeah, it's just simply a reinterpretation of that evidence. You know, mm. and science was invented by Christians. Yeah. You know, the whole concept of science was invented by Christians. I think we need to keep this in mind because Christianity has brought a lot to science over the years because mm-hmm. Christians have seen science as being something that gives us a glimpse of the character of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, y- you look at what's happening with, uh, with with science and it really is giving us this, this you know, snapshot of, uh, of what God is all about. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think that's incredibly interesting, the, the, the difference between, you know, empirical science and... Historical and, science. Ultimately, you know, people have a basis of philosophy on what they believe when it comes down to historical science. Yeah, like, evidence doesn't come with name tags on it that, that say, you know, exactly when this bone was found and, and, and when well, when it was buried and, and such and such and, and whatever. And so, we, we just... It's ultimately, yeah, it's a great interpretation. And I think people give religion a bad rap that, oh, you know, the Bible is just up for interpretation. Everyone just gets what they want from it. And then it's like, you've got all these scientists around the yeah, world exactly. just like it's exactly looking, the same thing. looking at some, some rocks or some bones in the ground. And they say, you know, one scientist, you know how much like discrepancy there is in the scientific community uh-huh, about uh-huh. stuff? They, like They will argue uh, over something for the next, you know, they discover something, they're going to argue over it for the next 80 years. Because ultimately everyone has a wheelbarrow they're pushing. Everyone has a basis of philosophy in which they've come up to in, up with in the scientific world you know and so everybody yeah. has an ego so yeah it's ultimately you know there's just as much discrepancy and and, and we should just ah we should <laughs> yeah i don't know we should just uh <laughs> we should just live our lives <laughs> anyway changing the subject yes um, we have just come to the end of march it is now the second of april uh-huh. and did we play any april 1st jokes yesterday i think that um Boris and Darren may have skipped that yesterday, did they? Yeah, lame. We should have done something. We I know should, that I know that I I texted and pranked I know that I texted my parents and told them. Um, I texted my 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 mom and the rest of my fam- family. Oh no no no! You got to tell the full story here because you got a text from one of your family members saying. Oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. Good, good. Why has nobody pranked? Them? So, so my my sister Haley, my oldest sister, she texts she texts the family group chat. This is this is awesome. She uh-huh. texts the family group chat and she goes, "Man, why hasn't anyone pulled an April Fool's prank yet?" And my reply to that is, "Hey guys, I've got big news." <laughs> And then I'm like, I'm moving back to Ethiopia in two months. They've offered me a job with a massive salary. So, I'm going to go over there and work and, you know, find my wife and all this stuff. (laughs) And her response is, what? Really? No way. It's like, oh, Lawson, we want you to stay here. (laughs) 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 It was just the best. It was was amazing. Anyway, having come to the end of uh, March, we can now look back on March as the hottest March on record, uh, which follows the hottest... Hottest uh, February on record, which follow, follows the hottest January on record. Yeah. Um, and so, for the first quarter of this year, we've been 2.2 degrees above average, and that's with no El Nino, which is currently in neutral, mm-hmm. and no Indian Ocean Dipole, which is also cu- currently in neutral. And we're starting to wonder, is this the new headline? Of course, Australia has been dry except for the cyclones. The cyclones have given us uh, plenty of water over uh, many parts of Australia, but where the cyclones have not affected, then, of course, it is still in terrible, terrible drought. We need to remember that while we are enjoying all of the greenery around us uh, here in the Newcastle Hunter region right now.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. And joining me on the phone this morning is Gary Blanchard. Now, Gary Blanchard is the World Youth Director for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So that sounds like a job that comes with a lot of responsibilities. Gary, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. The way you said that, it, it does scare me a little bit. <laughs> but it's a great honor, yes. Gary, just as we begin our conversation this morning, I'm wondering whether you can just share a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and uh, and also, you know, how you came to know Jesus, um, how you came to God. Oh, well, I appreciate that. That's a, that's uh, It's always wonderful to be asked that question. Um, when I was two years old, my parents were, some Christians came over to my parents' home and led them to Christ. I'm very grateful to them. They, they walked across the street. They were our neighbors. And uh, led my parents to Jesus, gave them Bible studies. In no time, my parents got excited about Jesus and the message and decided to become missionaries in Malawi, Africa. So I was able to spend the first few years of my life in, serving overseas in Africa, preaching the gospel, watching my parents do it. Um, you know, one of the things my parents did with me growing up was they were constantly uh, saturating my, myself and my uh, siblings with um, the message of Jesus and the Bible. Uh, we grew up uh, spending lots of good worship times with my parents and learning a lot about God. 
And when I was nine years old, I was baptized after attending an evangelistic series, got excited about Bible prophecy, and uh, was baptized and became a disciple of Jesus at, at that young age. And um, ever since that day, I've, I've uh, been uh, seeking after the Lord and walking with Him, and, and it's been an adventure. I can say that, uh, not perfectly, but I can say that I've never regretted following Jesus, ever. Praise God, that's uh, that, that's fantastic, and I don't think anyone who does follow Jesus would ever say that they regret being a follower of Jesus. Now, Gary, I'm, from from being a a kid growing up in Africa, that sounds like an adventure, to being in charge of the youth for the Adventist Church. I mean, what have we got? Twenty, twenty-five million um, people across the world. There's there's obviously a journey here. Can you share with us that uh, that journey? How did you go from one place to uh, to where you are now? <laughs> well, that's 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 a very good question. Uh, I can tell you, I'm, I'm very grateful that God gave me a chance as a young person to get to know other cultures because that's been very helpful as I travel around the world. Um, of course, the uh, our church, the Seventh Day Adventist Church, is in every single country around the world, and so. I needed that experience as a child to be able to connect with other cultures, and it's been very helpful for me. When I was 16 years old, I felt a real strong call from God to be a gospel minister. And I was fortunate that I had parents that um, were open to God's will for my life and didn't try to you know, push me in the direction they wanted me to go, but instead they encouraged me in that and uh, became a, um, a pastor and um, got involved in ministry work, but ever since my beginning in ministry, God seems to have placed me working with young people, and so that all was in preparation for where he would have me today, um, and that's the beautiful thing about God. You may not understand why you why he's put you where he's put you at the, at the time, but you can know for a fact um, that there's no uh, coincidences with God. There's a reason. He's preparing you for something, and just stay faithful to him, and that, in, in his time, it'll become really clear. Mm. Now you grew up in Africa. That's um, uh, an adventure all of its own. Have you done ministry, as in full time ministry, in any other parts of the world? Obviously, you know you're from the United States. You're based in the United States now, which is where the headquarters of the Adventist Church are. But have you had the opportunity, you know, to do pastoral pastoral work or youth ministry or anything like that in uh, in other parts of the world? That's a good question. Yeah, I've done most of my ministry in uh, the United States, especially the wonderful country of Texas. We kind of joke about that. It's a state, but we call it a country. Spent a lot of time there. Does that, does that but, mean uh, that? Does that mean no, that you are a, a, officially a, uh, a Texian? <laughs> yeah, I was actually born in Maine, but most of my ministry was in Texas, so we tend to lean that way. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So you know, most of my ministry has been done in the United States, but we did lots of uh, work overseas. I traveled a lot to preach, even before this position, in different countries and. We run lots of mission projects, especially in Guatemala and Inter-America area. So I um, always had my finger on the, the pulse of different cultures around the world. Um, but yes, most of my ministry was done there in the United States. Okay, so what does a um, what does a world youth director actually do? You know, I, I know we have a youth director here for our local region, um, which we call a conference, and you know he he runs around and, and and does you know youth programs and camps and you know youth rallies and all kinds of different programs. What does a world youth director do? That's a really good question. 
Yeah, you know, I spent a lot of time in airplanes. I don't know if that tells you anything. A lot of time in airplanes. <laughs> I'm traveling about two weeks and two weeks out of each month, um, going anywhere around the world. But we, the Seventh Day Adventist Church is divided into thirteen divisions. So with with many many people in each of the divisions represented. But in each division, we have all kinds of wonderful youth leaders. Uh, here in the South Pacific Division, you have uh, Pastor Nick Cross. But you have under Nick Cross, you have many union youth directors, you have many conference youth directors, all part of the, the infrastructure of the church. I get to work with all these great people. So when I come into a division, I'm usually there to speak in an event, do some training. I spend a lot of time uh, learning and listening to the leaders and just trying to be a servant to them as much as I can. So I get, to, I get the wonderful job of, of being the best of the best, and my role is more of an encouraging and, and there to help out role. But it keeps me busy, and it's, it's, a lot, it's quite an adventure. Sure. Is this your first time to Australia? No, this is my fourth time. Okay, there you go. Again, yeah, I feel like it's my second home. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah, we, I love we, it. we don't mind if you want to move down here. We've got quite a few Americans that uh, that live in this area around here. Oh, uh, so. I know that. They, they all seem to be. Um, they all seem to see this as their second home as well. <laughs> Can't beat Australia. I mean, you know, I traveled all around the world, and I can tell you, your beaches here are like none other. I mean, you can. I think the other day I was up in. Uh, and um, just happened to get up in the morning about maybe 6 in the morning and just started walking down the beach. And I, I swear, I walked for about an hour, didn't see a single person, but I had the most beautiful beaches in the world to myself. It was gorgeous. Great time to talk to God, to see all that he's done. Uh, just a chance to really, um, you know, revive yourself spiritually. It's a great, great country, and I'm, I'm blessed to be on your island. Fantastic. What's your vision for, uh, for Christian youth across the world? That's a good question. Um, obviously, the first and most important thing is that they come to know Jesus Christ as their friend and Savior. This is so crucially important that they find their identity in Jesus. They know that they are a son and daughter of God. Because of the cross of Jesus, uh, God has purchased them. They belong to Him. They're His. So we want to see young people understand their identity in Christ. The second thing is we want young people to understand their mission, particularly as Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, Seventh-day Adventists don't think that they're better than other denominations. We, we've never thought that, and we never will think that. But we do believe that God has given us a unique responsibility. And um, and that responsibility is found in Revelation chapter 14. We believe that Revelation 14 and the three angels there defines a special message of warning and hope to the world just before Jesus comes back. So we see ourselves as not better than others, but having a, a very special responsibility to communicate the three angels' message with others. So we want young people to be involved in that mission, to get out there and be the sermon, but also be willing to share the message we've been given with other people. So we want to pass on identity in Christ, mission as Adventists, and finally we want to see young people rise up as leaders in the local church. This means there needs to be a real intergenerational focus between the older generation and the younger generation. We're challenging the older generation around the world to not dump ministry on young people but to mentor young people and develop young people and help young people become uh, leaders of the local leaders in the local church. So those are the three things. Identity, mission, leadership is what we want to pass on to the younger generation. Fantastic. Um, some of the countries in the world that, you know, obviously we want to reach out to are dangerous places for Christians today. Should we, should we be sending our young people into danger? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question that you're bringing out. You ask a lot of good questions there, brother. 
but uh, you know, there's an interesting verse in the Bible that's, that that reminds me of something very special about young people. It's in uh, Psalms 127, verse four, and it says, "Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth." Um, what does this mean? This means that young people were designed to live dangerously for God. They were designed for this. In fact, they are not attracted to churches that play it safe. In fact, we are losing lots of young people oftentimes in the Christian churches because we have forgotten our mission. And we've forgotten that young people were designed by God to live dangerously. So it's very important that we begin to equip and train our young people to go into the dangerous places of the earth. And we've identified three areas that we think are extremely dangerous, that we, that we need to send our young people there. Uh, the secular universities, the cities of the world, and the 1040 window. That's between you know North Africa and Asia. This entire area has almost been untouched by Christians. 90% of the people living in those areas have never heard the gospel. Now, having said that, it's important that we also follow Christ's counsel where he said, I send you out among wolves, and like sheep among wolves, be as wise as serpents, that means strategic, and as gentle as dove, as doves. That means to have the character of Jesus, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if he's, he's compared to the dove. So we need to send young people into dangerous places, but we need to send them smart, intelligently, strategically. For example, in some of these countries, you can't go as a missionary or a pastor, but you can go as a businessman. You can go as a doctor. Um, you can go as a, a diplomat or a politician. We need to raise up our young people to be able to go into these places, not as missionaries, but as, you know, as whatever their occupation is, but with, in the burning in their chest, a desire to share Jesus with others. So we must send them into these dangerous places, but we must send them smart. And that's why we need to start equipping and training them in the safe places of the earth to be able to go into the dangerous places. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you recently made a statement about this that caused quite some stir on social media. Somebody asking the question, what kind of a mortality rate would, be, would we be prepared to absorb from our young people traveling to the 1040 window? What, kind of, what level of uh, mortality rate do you think that the Adventist Church should be willing to absorb? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a serious question. Well, first of all, um, <clears throat> we need to remember that you're never more safe than when you're serving Jesus. So even though it sounds dangerous, it's actually more dangerous living for the world. Jesus himself said, you know, if, if you're willing to lay down your life for my cause, you'll actually find it as a result. So we're not calling young people to die. That's God's business. We're calling young people to go and lay down their lives and, and make a sacrifice for the Lord because he's asked that of them. But we trust that when we're serving the Lord, we are immortal until he says otherwise. We need to know that we need to go boldly forward and we know that God will take care of us and that nothing can happen to him, to us unless God says otherwise. So um, to answer that simple question, we leave that in God's hands. We just want to be faithful as his servants and do exactly what he says for us to do. And we trust him. We trust the outcome in his hands. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I think that's. I really like your answer there. I mean, when I was asked that question, I said, "Well, my reply was, you know, during the dark ages, the world entities were prepared to accept a fifty uh, percent mortality rate, and should we be prepared to accept less?" But um, it's easy for wow. us to say that from you know me sitting here in a in, in a comfortable studio, and, I, and I'm sure you're staying with um, in somebody's home while you're here in Australia, and uh, it, uh, it it it's, it's different when you're out there on the front lines and actually facing danger but as you say we need to send these people with a smart plan um, and, and, I, and I appreciate the fact that um, 
that you have a an agenda to get people out there and to you know tackle some of these more challenging uh, places in the world. Now, when we when we talk, no, about, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say really quickly. Another question we could ask is, what mortality rate are we willing to accept from those living in the ten forty window who will die without God and without hope in the world? And that needs to be another perspective we look at because without Jesus, if I'm understanding my Bible correctly, there is no salvation apart from Him. So we also need to ask the question: How many people will we been allowed to be lost until we get serious about reaching these these areas of the world with the gospel of Jesus? That's another way to take a look at it. That's a a very heavy thought when you put it that way, and I appreciate what you've um, what you've shared with us there in relationship to that. Um, looking at the ten forty window, what what are the what what are the best areas? What are what are the areas of the world where where we have the best opportunity to recruit young people to enter those areas from? Oh, really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could I could give you some examples in China, for instance. Hong Kong is your is your center right there because you can't just go into mainland China. You'd have to go to the bridge, which is Hong Kong. And if I'm if I'm understanding it correctly, we have until not very much longer before uh, Hong Kong could go back into more of a, a communist um, communist situation. But right now, uh, the window is open to launch things out of Hong Kong. We also need to get serious about uh, radio and TV and exactly what you're doing in this ministry because it can cross a lot of boundaries just uh, from uh, radio programs, et cetera, et cetera. Fortunately, there are a lot of places within the 1040 window that are not dangerous for us or very dangerous for us to go, and it's from those areas that we can launch bridges into the more dangerous areas. But obviously, the best way to do it is to work with the indigenous people in those countries, training them and equipping them to reach their people. But... Uh, we're also finding that when others from a different culture go to those places, believe it or not, they're even more open to listen to someone from a different culture coming into their place, uh, being more open because they're, they're, they're new and they bring uh, new ideas. So, um, you know, there's lots of different bridges and ways to get into those sort of border window areas. We just need to be strategic and be wise as a serpent. Thank you, Gary. Thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. Uh, that was Gary Blanchard, World Youth Director for the Seventh-day Adventist Church and uh, totally inspiring with uh, his his plan for yeah reaching out with the gospel through young people to the whole world. And, uh, Gary, hopefully we'll be able to have you on the show another time sometime. Oh, man, it's been an honor, brother. Thanks for having me. Right now we're going to move on and uh, we'll be back with the uh, 8 o'clock news right after this song, followed by Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. Do not boast over me, my enemy, for my father is the victor. Your darkness only makes him brighter. He'll make me more than a conqueror. When I fall, I will rise again. 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 Do not blow over me, my enemy. Disappointments push me deeper into dependence on my father. I hold on to him, my helper. When I fall, I will rise again. When I fall, I will rise again. 
When I fall, I will rise again. When I fall, I will rise again. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Every trial makes me stronger. Every failure makes me wiser. As he refines me in the fire. When I fall, I will rise again. 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 to personally invite you to worship God with us each Sabbath. We start off with Bible study groups at 9.30am, then hold our community worship service at 11am. We also organize groups that meet during the week to connect, eat, and study the Bible together. So if you're looking to be part of an encouraging Christian community, come and join us. For more information, you can call me on 0422-896-553. That's 0422-896-553. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Someone in the great somewhere 